0: We didn't just look in our reports say, gee, I wonder how our marketing is working. Because that's a very dangerous spot to be. Yet that's where everybody is. So I get it. <laughs> People are like, I ask that all the time. I'm like, I get it. I did too. But think about how dangerous that is. Yes. How's, where'd all that money go? Like, that's what you're asking. What else, what else in the world do we do, right? That That is like nothing. But marketers, for some reason, we do it all the time. Instead, what we do is we say, here's how it's supposed to be working. Google organic should be creating a lot X amount of awareness of those. Our Facebook campaign should bring, create this many leads out of that. And then our email should close this many people out of that.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isar Matis, your host. The person you were listening to is no other than Chris Mercer, also known as Mercer. And we're going to talk about data driven decisions for your business. And really, that's the key to running a successful business is to be able to measure everything you're doing in the business and then have the right reports and the right access to the right information so you can make data-driven decisions versus gut decisions to your business. If that's something you're interested in, we're going to cover everything from high-level concepts all the way to the tools and steps and processes you need to implement in order to do that for your business and help it grow faster. If that's interesting to you, stick around. This episode is for you. You're listening to the e-Tribe Podcast Series, a podcast that inspires people to pursue their passions and become better at what they do. I'm Isar Matis, a serial entrepreneur myself, and I'm sitting down with other members of the e-Tribe, entrepreneurs, e-commerce experts, e-marketers, and other e-people. We come from different industries and in different places around the world. Together, we discuss challenges, solutions, lessons learned, and tools which help us be more effective and make an impact in our world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the E-Tribe. This is Isara Matis, your host, and I cannot tell you how excited I am today for the guests that I have for you. And those of you who've been listening to me for a while or that know me on a personal level knows that I'm a total data freak. Like I am all about making data-driven decisions in businesses. I'm so into this that in my previous company, Last Minute Travel, that we built a $100 million travel business. We did not start writing code before we figured out how we're going to track every single thing in the system. And later on, that allows us to do amazing magic with magic, which helped us get to $100 million later on. So obviously, when I had the opportunity to talk to somebody who's a real expert on data tracking, gathering, measurement, decision-making process, I was extremely, extremely excited. So my guest today is Chris Mercer. And if you never heard the name before, or he goes by Mercer, so it'll be easier. So Mercer is a world expert on performance and measurement market and marketing optimization. He's the founder of measurementmarketing.io, where he has multiple courses from beginner, done for you, done with you, everything you want in order to get companies to really understand what's going on in their businesses and specifically in their marketing so they can make better decisions and grow their business. He has taught people like Pat Flynn and Michael Stolzner and a lot of really big names in the marketing industry has learned from him how to run their marketing and their business in the most effective way by looking at the data correctly. And he's a top contributor to really some of the largest publications out there and podcasts, including Conversion Excel and Content Jam and Digital Marketer and Traffic and Conversion Summit and Social Media Examiner and a lot of other good names that you uh, know if you are in this industry. So I am Truly, truly excited to welcome the one, the only, Mercer to the E-Tribe. Welcome to the show, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here, man. appreciate you having me. And I must, I have to say, you were one of the few people, what you mentioned at the very beginning could be the takeaway for this entire interview. The fact that you built a company with measurement in mind from the start. Because that is a mistake. A lot of people, they just sort of do stuff. They run traffic and they're like, gee, I wonder what happened. And they realize they didn't really ever think about measurement. And the fact that you did that in the beginning, it's great. And it's a perfect example of like, this is how you got to scale, you know, to where you were because of measurement in mind. So that's just, man, heads, hats off to you. Thank you. We're done. That's it. We can do, <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can finish the interview here. There's, there's your got... mic drop moment, right? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so Mercer, you had a really interesting career, right? You, you started in in like totally different industry right you did loans and you know stuff like that and then you started doing uh hiring and consulting and then you ended up in the whole measurement and marketing world so walk me through that like how how did this evolve to you being this expert that you are today
0: well, I, I originally started in radio way back in the day. okay and radio got me into into this to the sales and the marketing aspect because when you when you did radio sales, you had to write the copy, right You had to sell and you had to write the copy and you had to get the results. you had to learn copywriting. you had to learn marketing and you had to learn all of these different aspects. So I got sort of into the that mindset way back then. And then for most of my career in in sales and primarily sales management because I was very good about measuring the pipeline, right the sales pipeline and, and helping sales teams, figure out what actions we're, were you know to take next and and measure those steps so you can kind of see you know one domino hits the next domino hits the next domino how many phone calls do we need to create how many sales like all that sort of stuff yeah. so so that's sort of you know the foundational level of of where my mind is and then enter the digital arena right this thing called the internet comes along and we start learning more about that so i actually created a site years ago my first little foray into it was a site that helped people learn how to create wordpress training or wordpress videos right it was just a, a training set how to do wordpress sites so then it became, oh, we want you to do our site. That's a lot of work. I was like, oh, sure. I guess I'll learn outsourcing, right? <laughs> and now it's like, oh, we'll just do the site for you. So I, I start building sites. And as a business, you know, I wanted to be a little more, not such a commodity because everyone does WordPress sites. So it was like, well, we're going to do conversion Rate Optimization. We're going to help you optimize the site that we build for you because that was relatively new back then. People were just talking about that. And then, of course, in order to optimize, you must first measure. And so we started learning tools like Google Analytics. And what would happen? And this is, this is where we made the pivot into measurement really is because we would talk to our clients and instead of talking about the website anymore, they would say, well, we'll go back to that part where you see the goal and how I can tell my leads in Google Analytics. Can you show me that again? And then we would start having referrals and the referrals instead of saying things like, oh, my buddy told me, you know, you guys do websites. They're like, my buddy told me that you set up their analytics for their website. Could you show me how you, and I was like, uh, this is the pivot because no one <laughs> knows how to use that tool, and that was back before Tag Manager and Data Studio and all the other stuff that has come out since. Then in the measurement ecosystem, so we've been doing that for a number of years now, and that's how we got here. It's been a almost great ten, almost ten. It's almost amazing. Ten. Yeah, it's been really, really nice. Yep.
1: Okay. Perfect. So the first thing I want to talk about, and that's going to be a very small component of this interview, is a little bit about UTM's. Like UTM's from my perspective, with very, the very little knowledge that I bring, are the basic building blocks on how to get analytics data from my website, at least, into Google Analytics that I can look at it. And I mean, what I mean by that is getting it from external sources, right? So the website right. can report to Google Analytics, but if I post stuff on different things and I want to see it in analytics, that's the way I at least do it. And I want to give to contextualize it easier for the listeners or people who's going to watch it on YouTube. Let's take an example, right? I've just written an article based on an interview that I've done last week. Well, it went live last week. I've done the interview before that about what are the keys to success of a business during Mm COVID-19. Very famous person on the other end, uh, great article But now I want to push that article to various social media platforms. I want to push it to YouTube, to LinkedIn, to Facebook, to uh, Instagram. How do I track the way people engage with the little snippets of that article? So it's a video, it's a quote, it's a link to the article itself. It's just different ways to represent the data in a social media friendly way to send people to read the actual article.
0: Right. So how do right. I track it? So it's a, it's a great question. And we'll, and we'll take a step back to keep it, to keep it high level. And then we'll dive Perfect. into the details. So to take a step back, what people are generally trying to do with, and that's what you're asking too, right? With the yes. specific results I'm getting from the specific traffic source. In order to ask Google Analytics this, Google Analytics needs to know, what do you mean by traffic? And that's where UTMs come in. So for those that are not familiar with that phrase, it's just little parameters in the URLs that when you click on any of your emails, you start looking in the URL, you'll see UTM underscore source equals something and UTM medium equals something. And those are just little identifiers that are there for one single purpose. It is for Google Analytics. So when those parameters are in that URL, Google Analytics sees that when it comes across and it goes, oh, this came from Facebook or this came from Instagram or this came from Twitter or this came from an email right? One of the emails that you sent. And so it knows exactly the source of the brand of the traffic, right? Source of the traffic. It knows the type of traffic from that source. It knows the purpose of the traffic, right? All of these things are things you, uh, you put in there and you can control, which is great because now you can very specifically say to Google analytics, I want to know about my emails and if email is creating a certain result and analytics will know exactly what you mean by email because you identified it with those little UTM parameters. Okay. so That's sort of the context of, of why you tag that traffic. Now there is one report In Google Analytics, something we call the super report, because if you just use this one report effectively, it will answer so many of your questions. And that is a report called the source medium report. So when you're in Google Analytics, you can literally, there's a little search box in Google Analytics. You can start typing in source and you'll see source medium report. You can click on it. It'll take you directly to it. In that source media report, it will identify, the first column identifies all those different traffic sources coming in. It'll be the traffic sources that Google knows about, things like organic traffic and the traffic that comes directly to your site or or that may be untagged or traffic coming in from other sites. And it will also have all those different UTMs. So if you want to know about your Facebook social traffic or Twitter social traffic or email or podcast traffic, all of that stuff can be measured in Google Analytics. And they'll all be listed in that column. Now, to answer your question about engagement, if you go over to the right of that, you'll see how much of that traffic you're getting from those different sources. And then to the right of that, you will actually see engagement where it'll talk about something called a bounce rate, which is Google Analytics rough attempt at trying to figure out how many people were actually interested versus just came to the site and then left, right? Didn't really do anything, but they actually started to engage. That's that's the bounce yep. rate thing. It talks about time on page. It's got some some session times, and number of pages in the visit. So it gives you some rough ideas of how engaged that audience is. And then to the right of that is kind of my favorite part, which is the results part. And it's like, here are the results. And that's where goals set up. And those two things, UTMs is, is where you start because you got to tag your traffic first. But the goals really cap it because that answers the question you, you were specifically asking about is, well, how many people interacted with the video? How many people maybe scrolled halfway down? How many people even saw that page? Well, you can set goals for that. And then you can say, okay, based upon these traffic sources, let's say all my social media traffic that I'm sharing it, which of the different sources is more likely to get somebody to actually land on this page or watch the video on this page or interact with this part of the page, because you've got a goal that's associated to it. that's how you tie the traffic to results in Google Analytics.
1: Fantastic. You just said everything we're going to touch in this interview in 30 seconds. So this (laughs) is the preview, guys, of everything we're going to talk about. And now we're really going to dissect this part by part. So- I want to start with really a very short explanation of the UTM. So let's Mm -hmm. take one very specific example. The article name is how keys to success in during Mm COVID-19. That's the name of the article. I want to post it on LinkedIn with a video of, of the guest speaking on that topic. And I want to measure that traffic. What do I need people- to put on the different UTM
0: parameters? So there's, there's up to five that you can use. So we'll cover each one of those. So the first is, is the source, right? The source of the traffic. And the way you think about that is the brand name of that traffic source coming through. And we'll revisit these, we'll fill in the blanks later. We'll sort of explain these first and we'll come back and fill in the blanks for your specific examples. So that's the first thing, brand name. Second is what is the type of traffic coming from that brand Third is the campaign. It's really the point of the traffic. Why are you sending them there in the first place?
1: So so let me ask a question about mm-hmm. what do you mean the type
0: of traffic? The type of traffic will be whether it's maybe social traffic or whether it's uh, organic traffic or whether it's email traffic coming through. It could be paid traffic coming through. Cause there's a difference on social media, right? You could share something on social media that's, that's really not boosted or paid for in any way that you're just organically putting out there or there's the traffic that you pay for. And you'd wanna know is it my paid traffic that brought them or was it just the stuff that I did that was just social traffic that I did out there that wasn't boosted so you can see the difference between those two styles of traffic uh, coming back to your site and that's why the type is important so they call the medium and uh, so I'm going to
1: ask I'm going to ask another follow up question and I'm mm-hmm. going to get slapped I think personally for not knowing what I'm doing which is great because that's why I have you here oh. but so the way we're using it in the company is we tag it to kind of like the type within the social platform. What I mean by that is I would have the source as either LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram so that's, or whatever that's it the is. Brand, 100%,
0: so, yep. so
1: that's the source. But as yep. the medium, we would say personal profile, group, page, right. paid. Right. So we break it kind of like a level deeper on with it. And we call it the same thing. So if I want to see, like I call it the same thing, what I mean across the different social platforms. So if I look at the medium of my profile in general, ignoring the source, I can see what my personal profile is doing across Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and so on. Is that a good way to do that?
0: That's, 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 it it is. Yeah, it is as long as it's related to like, consider it the channel, right? Uh, In your case of social media, you're saying, oh, I want to go, I want to be able to go to my profile pages. I want to see all my profile pages are doing, right? Yes. Hundred percent fine. Okay. Now, if you wanted to level it up and say, I just wanted to see how all social traffic does, Ooh. right? You would. That's at a certain point you can't necessarily do that there, right? Because you 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 have to define that and you have to say, well, what I mean by that is my profile pages and my needs and my this and this and this and this and all these grouped together. So that's where it is still nice to keep source, medium and campaign specifically very general as top level as you can, so that you have a little more flexibility in how you answer the questions. And then what you could do is you could put the location of where you put stuff in the content. So there's, there's two other UTMs, right? We talked about source, medium, and campaign, right? The brand, the type of traffic from that brand, the point of the traffic in the first place, the purpose of the traffic. Then there's term and content. So term is like where you could put the headline of the ad. So that might be where you identify what the headline of the ad is, or if it's a subject line of an email, something like that you could do. And then content is where you put all the differentiators. So you might do something in the content to identify that says, oh, location dash profile right? And now you can create channels in Google Analytics that might say, I want to define profile pages as a channel. And I want to see all of, and that's defined as anything in the content that says location dash profile. And that's how I know it's profile pages or retargeting. Like for example, we'll do ours We'll have the content. We'll put in the audience that we're focusing on, and it's not necessarily men, twenty-five to fifty-four. That we've done that too in the past, but it's it's really become more. Is this a cold audience? Is this the audience that we've Ooh. built for off-site traffic aware? Is this the traffic? Is it the audience that's on-site traffic aware or on-site brand aware? Is this the audience that's already a lead, right? Is this a retargeting campaign? Is it a cold traffic campaign? So we put that stuff in those UTM's to identify all. So the you put that uniqueness. in the
1: content section.
0: Right, because you can put a lot of stuff. Interesting. in Interesting. Yeah, and that yeah, way I love this. This is brilliant. Listen, three clean. Yep.
1: This is so 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 brilliant because I was kind of struggling with what you're saying. Like, where do I tag? What kind of traffic is it? Like, okay, this is retargeting. I'm like, okay, they've been on the website, right? But how do I know that? In so. Brilliant. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah, and,
0: and content is the perfect place. Whenever you're thinking about like that, like with an email in particular, right? It's like, well, because a popular request will get, well, I want to know if it's the autoresponder or if it's a broadcast email, put that in the content. Because that way you have, like in our case, we use Infusionsoft. So it'd be like Infusionsoft email is the type of traffic from Infusionsoft, right? Yeah. And so then, and the purpose might be for the Measurement Marketing Academy or whatever the program is that we're, we're pushing them toward. And then it's subject line is the term in content, we might put, oh, this was an image because we wanted to see if the image was getting more clicks than the thing. It's, and that's really defining very specific questions that we're going to ask about the performance of that click. Um, and in our case, it actually has the location of that email in the system. So I know what campaign number it came from. I know the sequence in that campaign. I know the email number in that sequence. So I know if it was day three of the autoresponder for the new you know, toolbox members or something that caused the sale because it, it's like all identified in that content. We rely very heavily on that content. That's, it's the most under, underutilized ETM. amazing.
1: Is. I never, ever, ever would have thought of doing this unless I spoke with you right now. Like well, the, only we, the only thing we do with this is like when we A, B test stuff, And I would put the same thing on social media. One has a video. The other one has a quote card. Mm -hmm. I will write video or I will write quote card. And sometimes I'll actually put the link to the resource. So I know which resource I actually used, but that's it. I never thought of this is actually free text. I can do whatever I want with it. Exactly. we, We
0: string them together. So we'll have like a U D and then dash the name of the audience. Then we'll do dash, dash, dash to separate it. Then we'll say like L O C dash page. Right. So we know it was on the page and then dash, 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 and whatever other miscellaneous stuff. And the beauty of that is it goes to your point earlier. You were saying, well, I want to know this specific thing about these specific things, right? The specific type of thing. That's what the content is really there for. So I won't, my UTM for the email traffic, the, the content stuff looks very different than my Facebook traffic does. Right. And that looks very different than like Google paid ads does because it's, it's, those are very specifically defined for that specific click coming through. So we can pull out whatever we need, but we will tie them together. So if Google ads is doing retargeting and Facebook is doing retargeting, they both in the UTM content have retargeting so that I can build channels and and things like that and say, how's my retargeting traffic doing versus something else. And and it's, it's important when you do UTMs because that gives you the ability to, to drill down. I can't tell you many times, you know, we've been teaching a a course or something and, and I'll say, well, here's my Facebook traffic. And you can see here, it's getting a 7% opt-in. That doesn't seem very good. Well, let's dive into it because that's just all my Facebook traffic, but now we'll yes. dive into specific. Well, look, turns out most of this traffic wasn't designed to get leads. So why would I think Facebook's not doing a great job? Let's look at yeah. the traffic that is designed to get a lead. Oh, look at that, 45% opt-in, pretty good. Now we can go into this and we see, oh, retargeted is twice as likely. So now my marketing team basically knows exactly what to do because of the power of UTMs and tying them to the results.
1: Amazing. Like literally amazing. But I do think that unless it's people like you and me who are total geeks on data, we probably lost a few people. So I want to... It's I wanna, possible. Yes. I, I want <laughs> No, I, I can do this with you for two <laughs> hours now and go deeper, but I want to take it back one notch for people yep. who are not. And really, I want to I kind of like summarize everything we talked about and then ask you a follow-up practical question on how to. Mm-hmm. But So to summarize, there are three main parameters. It's source, medium, and campaign. Mm-hmm. These are the core things. And even if you start without, without the last three minutes that we talked about of a layer deeper, it's going to give you so much more information than you have today. And the source is really, like Marcia said, the brand, Facebook, YouTube, email, and even email, you can break it up by Gmail if you're using Gmail and Infusionsoft if you have like, a, like an email automation thing. So you can use these UTMs in the regular emails you send people, I do that all the time. Yep. Like if I said somebody, oh, you got to check out this podcast interview, I will actually put the UTM code. Even though it's an email I sent to somebody on Gmail, then I know that that traffic came from a personal I, email. I,
0: I do that as well. And just to c- confirm, like so in source, email would not be a source because it's not a brand name. And that's right. why you think about it as source's brand name. So an example, going back to your, to your email example, if Infusionsoft is the brand I use, if I send you a Gmail and was like, hey, check out the Personal Marketing Academy, there, it will, when you click on that link I give you, it will say Mercer as the source because I am the source Ooh. through the type of traffic of email. So now I can see my emails and how many came from Infusionsoft, how many came from Mercer and whatever other, maybe customer service. That's why it's important to always keep it as like the brand name of the traffic source. In I source. love
1: it. Yep. Fantastic. I got a, I got a five on that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Five, out of, five out of 10. And then so that's the source is the brand the medium is really the type of traffic, and the campaign is more or less the reason. Like, why are you sending yes. them there? And you can define many different things. I'll say one more thing uh before I ask the question, which is the one more thing I want to say: make sure you use it in exactly the same phrase with exactly the same use, right. everything lowercase because it doesn't know if you type YouTube right. once with a capital Y, once without, it's two right. separate. Sources. If you type U once with a capital U once with a capital T, like YouTube is actually written, that's another source. So make sure you use and copy and paste the same stuff again and again. But that leads me to my question. This sounds really complicated. Like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, how do I even make this happen? Like, how do I keep track of all these parameters? And how do I create them in a way that that doesn't consume half a day of work every time I do something? So what's, what's the magic tool trick system that you use?
0: It's, it's a great question. I'll give you, I'll give you something everybody can do no matter what, just on a post-it note, right? It's very, very simple technique. And then also say that we have tools for this, right? There's a tracking, traffic tracking toolkit that's completely free that everybody has access to. There are Chrome extensions that allow this uh, sort of thing to happen. But regardless of the tool that you use to help manage it, which is, there's lots of them out there. It's the the strategy is what the lifting is, right? That's what you mentally have to do. So, and it's strategy is actually very simple. All you do is you think about three columns, right? What are the, And you list all the traffic sources out. What are all the different brand names that we use for traffic? Don't think about the types of traffic. Don't think about the purpose of traffic. It's, you're just answering that one question. What are all the different brand names? We use YouTube. We use LinkedIn. Uh, we use Facebook. We use Google. We use our Infusionsoft or, or MailChimp or whatever your system is. You, all those different sources. That's it. it will be probably less than 10. Then you go, cool, that's done. Next, column two. What are all the different types of traffic we have coming to our site? Regardless of brand, who cares about the purpose? When answering that, it's a completely separate question. What are the different types? Well, we have email traffic. We've got uh, paid traffic that we do. In, in my personal case, we have podcast traffic from podcasts like this that we, that we measure. Sure. Right? So we list all the different traffic types, put that away, right? And it's very important to keep these completely separate. Then you answer that final column, which is campaign. And campaign is really, what's the point of the traffic? What is the product or service that they're supposed to take advantage of? Again, it'll be less than 10. It should probably most most people's. So for us, it might be, oh, this is for the Measure Marketing Academy, or this is for the certification program, or this is for private guided training, but that's really it. Like there's not other purposes that we have. So you, you, you write all these down completely separate. And the reason that I'm emphasizing that, write them down completely separate is because what most people do is they go instead of vertically like that, like all the traffic sources, then all the types, then all the campaigns, they go, well, we use Facebook. We use Facebook paid. We use Facebook paid to promote for father's day. And then they, they do it horizontally. And then they do, well, we also do Facebook paid for mother's day. Oh, we also do Facebook paid for, and then they have all, now you have hundreds and hundreds of these things and your head's like, I have no idea what's going on. So it's actually a lot simpler if you just deal with all the sources first, then list out all your mediums first, all your campaigns first. Typically, it'll be less than 10 in each one of those. And then everything else is just a combination of those. Oh, we use YouTube and we have that is social because we're not boosting it or it's paid because we are boosting it. And it's for the purpose of the academy or for certification, or whatever the program is, and you just stitch them together. That's it. And that's what our, you know, our, our tool has one of those pages where you can list out everything first, you know, and then, then you can assemble it. it actually connects together. So you can kind of do little drop downs and, and choose, and it makes it really easy for, for people to do. So, um, but anybody can do this. It's not as long as you follow the interesting comments.
1: about Chrome extensions. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example and like of an extension and what does it do exactly?
0: Yeah. There's, there's ones that are out there like utm.io is a service that's out there that will, you can do extensions where you can just type in and kind of create, like a, you might say, like call them a profile where you could say, oh, I'm going to do Facebook pay traffic. And so you put in the link and say, this is going to be Facebook pay traffic. And it automatically puts in Facebook as the source, maybe CPC, right? As the medium. And then the campaign of whatever your campaign is going to be. And then you just type in a little bit of stuff, right? So it can kind of, it's almost like they, they help you to skip the steps of, just manually typing it all in. Got it. Right. And that's, that's cool. what they do. They help you to assemble things.
1: Perfect. So I think we now understand UTMs. I think we now understand how we track traffic that flows into our website. My next question is a level higher. How do I track the stuff that's not my website? Like how do I bring in data from other sources that usually doesn't flow easily? And I'll give you a few examples or, and again, to the people who are listening, engagement data. How many people viewed the video on LinkedIn? CRM data. So whatever CRM you're using, I want to see kind of like what happened afterwards. Like from this traffic source that we just talked about, I want to connect you to who actually stayed with me for two years and, and how many emails they open, you know, stuff that comes from a completely different source. Meetings with clients. I had, so I look to my CRM, I've met with them seven times. Does that align somehow with people that I've seen more social stuff? Podcast downloads, you know, that's a whole different, you you talked about you doing a lot of podcasts. Okay. So how many people downloaded it? How does that impact the other stuff? So how do I get this kind of webinars? How many people showed up to the webinar? Like that doesn't right. connect anywhere. So there's all these things that we do as marketing related or sales related activities that do not seamlessly connect into Google Analytics. So what's the trick there? Like what tools or systems or or concepts I can use in order to track that data without manually copying stuff into an Excel file, which everybody can do. Right, so
0: with Google Analytics, there are ways to inject data and import data into into Google Analytics. But remember, Google Analytics as a platform is really built to record behaviors that are happening on your website. Yes. That's what it's designed to do. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you start doing that's beyond that, because you, even though you could inject other stuff, I don't know that I necessarily would inject other stuff because it's not purpose-built for that. So, and 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 the, you know, the question you're asking is good because there's, especially in today's world, there's so many different technical pieces that go into the customer journey, right? They hit the, like you said, they hit the CRM, they're going through Webinar Jam or some other webinar platform, Demio or whatever the platform is, and they're going into your actual site, Right. And, and then maybe there's a, a third party fulfillment platform that delivers sure. that stuff. And you got to sort of try to do your best to connect the dots. And it is hard, right? It's brass tax, it is. But that's because these tech platforms don't pass the connection of how they define a user. Each one of them defines the user totally differently. One uses yes. a number, one uses the email, one uses a cookie value. And, you know, and so there is this this idea uh, or this concept of, of data transformation where you sort of have to take all the data, You've got to put it into a larger database where you stitch it to get together. It is, it is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So you're just kind of you know making that up front, but you could do it with something like BigQuery or something like that. But you basically take all those data sources and you rebuild everything and stitch it together in the way that you need to. That said, I think A, that's out of the reach of most people technically from a small business perspective. Yeah. It is for us. Like we know what we're doing and I've chosen sure. not to do that because it's not particularly useful for me. It sounds like it'd be incredibly useful, but it tends to not be as useful as you think it is because people are on the, the chase for this idea that more accurate, quote unquote, information, which there is no, we always call it the A word at measuremarking.io because there's no such thing as accuracy. But let's pretend, right, that there was. So more accurate means more useful. That's not necessarily true. So for example, if, if I come and, and uh, let's say your e-commerce and Google Analytics shows that you made a million dollars, but in reality, you made one million you know, one hundred dollars or something like that you could chase that around and try to figure out why the extra hundred dollars didn't report and go down the rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, you made a, they're both platforms. Your cart and analytics are saying you made about a million bucks. You have enough. And it's, and knowing that additional detail does not give you any more insight or usefulness in terms of the actions you can take. Right. So the way around the, the, you know, chasing of some things. And some things are easier than others, right? You can pass details in your CRM and sometimes that's easy to do it. We do that, for example, with Infusionsoft, we'll pass through the source of the traffic source in Infusionsoft, things like that. It's very tech specific though, right? Depends upon what your tech can do. But what we'll do is we look at, stop instead of answering the question, which we started with initially as well, right? Everybody everybody starts with that question of like, how are people using my site? Some version of that. How are they, how are they going through our funnel? How are they going through our pages? How are they experiencing stuff? In reality, when you stop asking that question and you start asking, is this is how they're supposed to go through it? Are they going through it? Are they going through it that way, right? Is this, so basically you start asking a variation of instead of how what's going on here, you go, this is what's supposed to be going on. Is it going on? right? And then you can measure from webinar to purchase and everything in between, and you can measure it like a pipeline. Again, it comes back to that sales pipeline. It's very much sales training for me. Because back in the day, I didn't measure back, nor would I be – I mean, technically, I probably could have attributed – this one originally started with a phone call that set the appointment versus a meeting, a face-to-face just drop by that set the appointment versus a direct mail piece that set the appointment. But in the end of the day, does the phone call make them more likely to buy because it started with a phone call or a a pop-by or – the direct mail piece? And the answer is probably not. It was the appointment that I needed to get them to. I need to get them to that stage. And so we were very focused on measuring the stages of that as opposed to tying in this action way over here to, to, to this result way over here. Because at the end of the day, the thing that started, if it's 20 other steps that happened in between, it's highly unlikely this had anything to do with it other than getting that next step in. Right. Okay. And then that next step got them to the next step and the next step and the next step. And then, you know, finally, to your point, spreadsheets. And, uh, you, know, you know, the answer is, you know, sometimes the answer is just simple. It's like it's, a spreadsheet is a way to do it. We use Google Sheets all the time because we export data from Infusionsoft, like our system, into a spreadsheet. We will then use a platform like Data Studio. Because that's what Data Studio is built for. It's built for reports. It's built for dashboards. It's built to pull in multiple data sources and display them in a way where you can see a bit more of a journey so that you can avoid the whole massive, let's make our, let's make our own database stuff, right? And it can pull into that database too. But it's, it's made more for that. But you do, if you don't have a direct connection into the platform, a spreadsheets are going to be your best friend when it comes to that stuff. And it's not that hard to do that.
1: Perfect. I want to summarize before I jump to the next thing. So I think the most important, you said a few very, very important points. One is start with the questions you want to ask. Don't collect data in order to collect data. There's no point. Start with what business questions do I want to ask? What will support business decisions that I want to make? And then define which data you need in order to answer those questions. The second thing you said that is very important is you can create the user flow with the key points, or at least most of them, to flow through your website. So like you're saying, even if it's a webinar that's run on a third-party platform, have the sign-up sheet on your website. So maybe you don't know how many people showed up, but at least you know the people who signed up that will give you an idea. And if they show up again, you know they showed up because they were in the webinar. So there are ways to kind of do these, these tricks where you can gather the data from the website into the flow on key Steps of the process. The third thing you said that I really like is that you can use simple tools that are out there, like Excel, and people are like, oh, but how am I going to get the data? A lot of platforms have an export function. Then you just need, you can do it on your own, copy, paste once a week and put it in there. Many, many Many, almost any platform out there today have like a Zapier connection or IFTTT, which is just another version of the same thing that knows how to take the data from the platform and put it into the Google Sheets without you having to copy and paste it once a week. And the last thing is really for a little more advanced people, which is Data Studio, which is another Google tool that is absolutely free and it's absolutely magical. And it knows how to connect to a million different things, either on its own or through Paying a third-party service that knows how to connect everything on the sun into Data Studio, uh, which then gives you access to many, many different things. Phenomenal. I love it. I love it. It's a really, really fantastic overview. I want to take you back to the brilliant report, the magical report you talked about before and about goals. Mm -hmm. What goals do you set? Because you're probably doing it right. So I'm not going to ask what I need to set. What goals do you set for your website and why, and then how do you actually set up the goals? Like the practical step you have to do to go there.
0: Sure. So in, in, and we taught this for years, we used to teach Google analytics for years and years and years, I would do this. I would just show people like, how, here's how to set up a goal in analytics. And there's like just four different types of goals. And here's what about, and we would show people how to set up. And I had a, a hand raised, and this is, you know, again, shamefully for me, not even thinking about this, but for years, somebody finally was like, okay, I get how to set up a goal in Google analytics. Cause that's not really all that hard. You can Google that a million places. They were like, I have no idea what a goal should even be. Yes. And that's, I was like, wow. And that is the big question, right? Figuring out how to set them up, not that hard. There's lots of places that can do that. But why, what should a goal be? How would I use it? What actions does it allow me to take? That's, that really is the hard part. It's more the strategy side. So the way that, that we think about it is we have this ACE model, right? So ACE stands for aware. So first, you set a goal when they are aware of the journey you want them to be aware of right? Whatever that okay. is. And I'll give you a specific example as we go through this. C is when they complete that journey, right? So you got it when they are first aware of the, of the journey you want them to be on, when they complete the journey that you want them to complete. And then E is engagement. So at, and then you're measuring as they engage along the way. Sometimes it's one step, sometimes it's many, depends upon the journey itself and the, and the tech involved. So as an example for us, we have the measurement marketing academy, right? It's like our sort of our flagship training program. So when they come into the academy page, we fire an awareness goal that we say, okay, now you're now aware of the Academy as a product. They are now aware of that journey. Cool, that's first step. They have to be aware of it before they can buy it. The complete, right? The C part of that is where we set a goal when they've hit the thank you page, essentially, right? When they've completed that purchase. And then E would be something like the cart page when they engage along the way. And the reason that we measure awareness, you know, did they were they aware of it? Did they complete it? And did they engage along the way is because it'll show you that drop-off again? It's that pipeline, right? The customer pipeline, that journey that's happening here. So I can see, is it a problem where I'm not getting enough people to become aware? Because maybe my funnel works just fine. Like for us, I know eight to 12% of the people are going to go to the cart. Of those, we should have 40 to 45% complete, right? And actually purchase. That's that's what our numbers will show. And I can forecast that, right? It's a very important step. We always forecast what our results are going to be and how we're going to get those results. So I can measure for that. Now, the the way that you use it in that source meeting report, remember the source meeting report to sort of visualize it is you got one column, basically that first column, it's all the different traffic, types of traffic and sources of traffic and everything else it tells you what's coming down, and identifies the traffic. And then way to the right is all the results, all these different goals. And now pretend you've got an awareness goal and completion goal and engagement goal, let's say. Well, as you start to flip this report around, you can say, well, show me just the aware, you know, people that are completing the awareness of the academy. The report sort of adjusts itself and you start learning things like, ooh, Google Organic is really good about making people aware of the, of the page, but it doesn't do a good job of closing them. It doesn't go to, good you know, of completing the journey. It doesn't do a good job of engagement. However, my retargeting campaign that I'm doing on Facebook does a great job of getting them to engage. And maybe it's the Google Ads campaign or, or in our case, email, that does a great job of completing And now when you do that, when you have this little ACE model with your goals, you're measuring, you know, which traffic sources are really good at aware, which traffic sources are really good at completing the journey, which traffic sources are really good at engaging along the way. You start to have that thing that everybody keeps chasing, which is, I need to know if I should be doing organic and then Facebook and then Google ads, or is it Google ads and then Facebook and then organic? And everyone's always trying to answer this question, right? Well, that report essentially starts spelling that out for you and says, oh, well, here's more than likely, here's what's happening. People love finding you on Google organics. Do whatever you can to get them there. Then you retarget those people, right? Get them into Facebook. Facebook brings them back. So you become a lead and then email closes the deal. And you will sort of see that clearly spelled out. Now, remember, we didn't just look in our reports, say, gee, I wonder how our marketing is working because that's a very dangerous spot to be. Yeah. That's where everybody is. So I get it. And people <laughs> are like, I ask that all the time. I'm like, I get it. I did too. But think about how dangerous that is. Yes. How's where did all that money go? Like, that's what you're asking. What else, what else in the world do we do? right? That, that is like nothing, but marketers, for some reason, we do it all the time. Instead, what we do is we say, here's how it's supposed to be working. Google organic should be creating a lot X amount of awareness of those. Our Facebook campaign should bring, create this many leads out of that. And then our email should close this many people out of that. And we measure for that. So we're constantly asking, is our marketing working as it is supposed to now in that process, if we ever see something that looks weird or different, it'll pop out because it'll break the pattern, right? Remember, truth is in the trend, patterns and the powers in the pattern. When you look at your numbers, you're looking at trends and patterns. That's it. Sure. And so when we see something that breaks that, we go, oh, that that might be the thing that's it's like, oh, that's interesting. There, Google Organic maybe didn't create a lot of awareness. Maybe it was that LinkedIn? What happened? Oh. Somebody posted our page on LinkedIn, and you know, like we had Google Analytics that picked up something and tweeted it out it about when we did a post on GA4. And it was like, okay, that's where that came from. I wonder how we get that to happen more, right? So you do see these unexpected wins, but you really see them because you're looking for is it working like it's supposed to, and then tying it to again going back to the example of the goals, aware, complete, and engage along the way. That is brilliant, goal. brilliant,
1: brilliant. I love this. I, again, I wanna, I wanna summarize quickly. And it goes back to what you told me in the beginning, in the very, very beginning. It's all about knowing what questions you would want to ask about the business. And then for those be as granular as you can, because instead of saying my social traffic is not working. Well, there's two questions. One, what does it mean not working? Right. Like what's the benchmark you're trying to hit and B What was the goal that we're trying to achieve in the begin with? It's like, if you're saying, okay, my social traffic is supposed to give me X number of leads and Y number of sales, you're like, okay, we're not hitting that. And that's when the next granular level comes. Like, okay, what do you mean by social traffic? Mm -hmm. Is that Facebook? Is that LinkedIn? Is that YouTube? Okay. LinkedIn traffic is not converting. Facebook and YouTube is actually doing great. Okay. On LinkedIn, what is it that's not working? is it and again not working could be what was the purpose of these posts right. were them to create awareness to create engagement to close deals to retarget like you have to be able to drill down to that level to really and that's where the really important part of it comes take action like to say my social media marketing doesn't work I'm like okay, there is no action at the end of that because I'm like, okay, other than shutting it off, which is a right. bad decision usually. Right. But to say my videos on LinkedIn do not generate the amount of awareness I wanted because it doesn't drive as many people to the website as the other platforms, like, okay, either change the videos on LinkedIn if, if those work or just stop posting videos on LinkedIn and focus on Facebook. Yep. So now there's a clear action that you can take based on the data that you have. So I absolutely love, love, love what you just shared. I think we probably, a lot of people, brains are on fire at this point. So I I can keep on doing this literally for another (laughs) two days with you. But I want to ask you what I ask all my guests, Mm -hmm. which can be related directly to what we talked about. And in your case, hopefully it will. But if not, it could be related to other stuff. What are the things, your tools, your gadgets, your... Chrome extensions, your apps, that you out, books that you've read that change the way you do things that really help you do your day-to-day as efficient as you're doing it today? And if I take them away, you'd be, no, 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 no. I have to have this in order to do what I do.
0: Uh, that's a great question. I think in, in terms of the tools that I get the most from, it is project management, Ooh. which is which Asana do you use? for us. We use Asana. Okay. Um, so, and we've done, we've done right by it's, it's been good. We've really done some really cool things with that platform. So that for sure, and Google, Google calendar, like the basics, right. Of, of utilizing the calendar and, and everything that that integrates with, you know, when you, when you and I set this up, there was a calendar link that automatically integrated with our calendar. Neither one of us had to eat, do a thousand emails back and forth. What about, no, Tuesday just got taken. What about Wednesday and all the other stuff that people had to do. Right. So yes. to have that and be able to walk in and, and have all of that down And between the two, if I had to give up one. I would give up Asana. I would hate to, but if I had to choose just one to keep for sure, it would be Google Calendar. It's like an oldie, but a goodie. It does everything I needed to do. It integrates with everything, schedules, coordinates the team on these big giant boulders that we do throughout our day. You know, And it helps me block out time like I did for this podcast or if I need to get specific tasks done. You know, so I, you know, I think a lot of times, especially in today's world, there's probably what 700 new tech companies that were created and find that you and I are talking, right? That came yes. out with brand new ways. <laughs> That'll be AppSumo deals in three months, you know? So it's like always new stuff. I've got countless stuff I've bought where I'm like, I thought it was going to be cooler and just never was. And, and that's okay. Like some things, things evolve, but sometimes it's just those basic tools and Google calendar for sure is a free tool. It's been, it's been fantastic. Paid tool would be Asana. Brilliant. I When it comes to what
1: you do, like Google Analytics stuff, do you just use the core Google Analytics or do you have any other fancy tools that help you make the stuff around it more efficient?
0: Oh, yeah. Measurement. When it comes to measurement marketing, so there's three that that everybody should should eventually move into and they will pretty quickly you will if you're just starting out use google analytics yes because it collects information it stores that information it builds reports based on information these basic reports you can get something and we're big believers in get good enough to get going right don't and worry about free. the fancy stuff <laughs> it's free right use that for sure next is google has created other tools that do some of those things better So analytics is really, as we mentioned earlier, it's really built to store behaviors that are happening on your site. That is its sweet spot. It's what it does incredibly well. It collects data, but it doesn't really do the best job at that. And it does do reports, but if anybody's been to analytics reports, they can be a little confusing sometimes. So it doesn't really do a great job in reports. So Google created two other platforms that do that. So Tag Manager, Google Tag Manager is something that is built to collect behaviors. So you can answer even more detailed questions to your your point, right? When you first get the first question, you then start asking the next level question and then the next level question. And so you might ask, well, how many people are seeing my pages? That's a super easy Google Analytics can answer that for you. It does it on its own to know how many people watched 50% of my video and scrolled halfway down. Well, now you got to have Tag Manager, right? Because it, it can help you measure that sort of behavior, send that information to Google Analytics. And then you have Google Data Studio, and that's what we talked about earlier, that builds dashboards and reports, and that's where it can look like a nice little journey and a funnel. Most of my reports, I don't, I'm not a big believer in analyzing reports. I think if you're staring at a report more than five minutes, it's too complicated. You, we have more important things to do as marketers. So yes. our job is to go in there, look at the information, and go back to work. Right. Yes. Like when you look at your car and you're driving, you see your speedometer, you, you know, immediately I either hit the gas or hit the brake just because you looked at it, the mere interaction caused the result to happen, caused the action. Right. That's how a marketer's dashboard should be. Cause none of us have time to, to look at that stuff. Sure. So data studio can create that and have a nice little journey. So those three tools work incredibly well together, tag manager, Google analytics and data studio, and they're free right? Which is the, the key component. You do, there is a bit of a learning curve to some of them for sure, but everyone, the idea is that you don't need to be what the next guy's doing, do what you're doing and then just do it a little bit better tomorrow. And then a little bit better the day after that, a little bit better the day after that. And pretty soon, a few months go by and you look back and you're like, man, I really improved. Like I, I look at this completely differently. I'm actually getting some real good results because you just constantly remembered you're on a journey and all you do is just, just improve things just a little bit at a time and you'll make it. Fantastic. How do people find
1: you? More of what you do, follow you, connect with you, talk to you. Sure. What, where do you live? <laughs>
0: so <it's>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, great in, question. In, in the digital write world. Write this down. <laughs> yes. So our website, measurementmarketing.io, obviously a great place to kind of learn more about us. Anybody interested in the free tools, we have something called a, a toolbox membership that again is, is completely free. It has that traffic tracking toolkit that I talked about. Also has a dashboard planning toolkit. It's got a marketing behavior toolkit to help you sort of think through what your, your different A schools might be. There's, there's lots of different planners. It's all free that we've created back there. So if you go to measurementmarketing.io slash And then e-tribe, just like the podcast. So measuremarketing.io forward slash e-tribe. It'll take you directly to that toolbox membership so everybody can get access to that stuff for free.
1: That's amazing. Thank you so much. Happy to help. Mercer, this was nothing short of pure gold and I, again, I'm no, I know that people will listen to this more than once <laughs> in order to take notes. And there's going to be a detail, a detailed article with a summary on the E-Tribe website as well, but I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time and spending it with me and sharing your knowledge with us. I really, really appreciate it.
0: It's been my pleasure. I appreciate you having me.
1: Wasn't Mercer absolutely brilliant. This was Again for me you know being a data geek we may have went a little too deep and i apologize for that if it was a little over your head if if you don't know this subject very well but i think he covered so many important aspects of how to track data why to track data which is absolutely amazing if you're not doing it in your organization right now you should do it in your organization right now. And you can either uh, follow the instructions in this episode or just go follow Mercer in the location he said. If you enjoyed this episode and you like these kind of episodes which talk both about very important aspects of the business, but also give very practical steps on how to implement them, I want to give you two great other episodes to listen to. One is an amazing interview about Profit First with Rocky Lalvani, And it's called Profit First, A Step-by-Step Guide for Higher Profitability in 2021. It's a brilliant episode that really teaches the Profit First system that allows you to basically be more profitable without really making any big changes in your organization. I know it sounds voodoo, but it's really a great system that works for many, many businesses out there. And again, that's episode 52 of the eTribe. So you can scroll back to that episode on your player or go to theetribe.com forward slash 52. The other episode is an episode called Business Process Analysis and Optimization Ultimate Guide. And that's an interview with Matt Shields who has a company that helps other companies document and optimize their processes. And that is episode 49 of the eTribe, which again, you can find by going to theetribe.com forward slash 49. And until next time, have an amazing week. Hey Tribers! I hope you enjoyed this great interview. If you have, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. If you would like access to similar content, or you would like to get the notes and the resources mentioned in this interview, please visit us at theetribe.com, where you can find other great interviews like this one, as well as many resources and tools which can help you grow or start your business. We would love it if you would join the eTribe, either as a member or as a contributor you can do that on the website as well. I hope you would listen to us next time and until then, have a great day.